Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, it's Labor Day in the old line state, Dan. Labor Day, thanks to everybody who works for a living out yeah. there. You guys and gals out there busting your butts. God bless you, man. That's what it's all about. It's honoring all the work out there. I had a, uh, I had a great weekend. How was yours, Joe? Everything yeah, all right? Yeah, man, it was pretty good. I rested some, and I got a lot of stuff around here done. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, good, man. Good. I, I know We had to de-stress out. Last week was a tough week. We had so much news to cover. Uh, I spent this weekend with my, my wife. We went down to the Breakers in Florida. If you have never been there, by the way, folks, check that place out if you ever get the opportunity. It is amazing down there in Palm Beach. We uh, we uh, went out it. We went down there to one of the steakhouses and spent the night there in the Breakers. It was it was awesome. So we had a really good time. De-stressed a little bit. Um, all right, let's get to today's show. I got a lot to cover, including some more economic illiteracy by the hard left and the New York Times completely uh, face planting on the desk, trying <laughs> to run interference for the uh, Bruce Orr. Yeah, information laundering <laughs> operation. They completely, this is great. This is absolutely epic stuff. So don't miss a word of today's show. All right. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Filter By. A new study just came out of China and it discovered that air pollution causes a huge reduction in intelligence. This, in addition to the well-known impacts on your physical health. You don't want to breathe in polluted air. Bad for your lungs, too. High pollution levels led to significant drops in test scores with language and arithmetic. The average impact equivalent to having lost an entire year of education. Now we know what is going on at the Department of Justice. They never change their air filters over there. I, I can't. This is that. These guys are unbelievable. That's why I love filter. <laughs> they write this stuff themselves. That's what's going on at the DOJ. Oh, boy. This is especially important with 95% of the global population breathing unsafe air. That's funny, right? So so do the smart thing. Go to filterby.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. Choose from over 600 different sizes, including custom options, shipped free within 24 hours. Plus, they support hardworking Americans they manufacture right here in America. Save 5% when you subscribe for auto replacement so you'll never forget to change your filters again. Save money, save time, breathe better with our buddies at FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com. Tell them the Dan Bongino Show said, yeah, I love these guys. They write their own ads. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? They're like, they don't change their filters over at the DOJ. That's the problem. <laughs> I did not improv that. They wrote That's that. That's good. Oh, man. All right, so where do I start? So, um... Let me start first with uh, what's going on down here with a certain candidate down here in Florida. Why? Again, I don't. I live in Florida. That's obvious. But I never talk about it on the show, given that it's a national, well, international show. Really, we have listeners all over the world. Mm-hmm. But I never talk about issues that are that are strictly regional. If I have an issue that's regional and applies to a national audience, I'll bring it up. But the Florida governor's race um, and the Ocasio Cortez race up in New York for Congress. Um, these are national issues. Why? Because they become more about competing ideologies, Joe, necessarily than uh, the, uh, than competing candidates. Yeah. What happened down here in Florida? We just had a primary for governor. This is a very important story for you because nobody saw this coming. They never saw on the Democrat side, as I discussed last week when talking about the Florida gubernatorial race, no one saw the socialist candidate for governor winning. 
Florida was always thought to have a more moderate brand of Democrat politics, um, a more reasonable brand of Democrat politics. This is definitely not a far left state like Massachusetts, Maryland, uh, Illinois, California. So you really wouldn't want to nominate a far left candidate in Florida. If you have any chance of winning, you'd want to nominate a more moderate candidate, a more establishment pick on the Democrat side. Right. Nobody saw this guy Gillum winning, but he did on the Republican side. Ron DeSantis won in a huge upset. He was down by a lot up until the last few months until after Trump endorsed him. And I said the two takeaways from this nationally are the power of Donald Trump and a Donald Trump endorsement, uh, which propelled Ron DeSantis to victory, number one. And number two, um, sadly, the power of socialist ideas over the Democrat Party, even in swing states and in in, uh, in what I believe to be red states now like Florida. Mm-hmm. Florida is more of a red state than it is a swing state, especially when you look at the statewide politics. This is troubling stuff. Now, what happened with Gillum? So Gillum, who is the far left socialist candidate in Florida running for governor now and who won the primary and upset, has been making regular media appearances. And in these appearances, he has been absolutely flubbing it because he doesn't understand basic economics. Now, uh, of course, the left, they, 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 what do they have? Joe? Nothing more than identity politics. Yeah. Uh, Gillum, who happens to be black, which nobody really cares about but the left. Uh, it's, it's completely, uh, you know, we don't judge people by the melanin component of their skin. We judge them by the ideas. The left doesn't do that. The left is obsessed with race and the left has, has, uh, has real issues with racism themselves. Because whenever you criticize Gillum, Joe, their immediate fallback yeah. is that your criticism is due to the melanin component of his skin. Right, right, Somehow right. insinuating that him being black or white or Hispanic has something to do with his policy positions, which is, by the very definition, racism. So the left are the real racists here. So they're trying, the racist left is trying to make this an issue uh, and a, a race, political race, about race when it's not. It's a battle of competing ideologies, socialism versus uh, versus free market capitalism in Ron DeSantis. Now, uh, Gillum appeared on CNN and in a surprisingly adversarial confrontational interview here, the CNN host actually asks him some serious questions and Gillum has no answers. Now, again, this is a national story. Because Gillum is a Sanders, Bernie Sanders acolyte. Socialism is starting to take hold amongst a lot of these younger crowd people um, and a lot of frustrated Democrats, I think, as a response to Trump. But Gillum, who's now going to be their standard bearer in Florida, has no answers for the question. I want to play some of the uh, audio from this uh, from this uh, from this appearance on CNN. And I want to break down the absolute economic illiteracy expressed in this interview. It's going to be two separate pieces. So play cut one, Joe. A study earlier this summer from George Mason University estimates that Medicare for all, that plan would cost the government 33 trillion with a T dollars over the next decade, which obviously would require a significant tax increase. Florida has has a reputation, as you know, for being a tax averse state. Are you ready to tell the people of Florida that they need to pay a lot more in taxes to fund your health care plan? Well, let me first say there was also a report, Dana, that showed that uh, should we move to cover more people through a Medicare for all system, we could actually save the system trillions uh, over an extended period of time. You could, but in the Um, short term, in order to do that, you need to raise taxes. Fair? So what I what I would say is, first of all, and I want to be clear about this, the state of Florida could not take this road by itself. Taxes would have to be raised. Is that is that fair? Do you agree with that? I, 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 I don't buy that. Okay. Couple things in that. One, Gillum is either doesn't know what he's talking about or is lying to you. Woo. 
He doesn't know. He's, this is a man running for, there is no option C. Option A, he is completely ignorant as to what the study he cites actually says. Or option B, he's not ignorant, which I believe option B. He's not a stupid guy, okay? Option B, he understands the study and he's mischaracterizing it to lie to you. I pity the fool. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. Now, here's what's going on here. There was a study that came out about this Medicare for all, this Medicare for all uh, uh, Bernie Sanders proposal that everybody in the United States would have access basically to Medicare, which is government run third party payer health care, Medicare, which is already bankrupt. The study came out and said a couple of things. Now, I have this at debunk this at Bongino.com, which Matt Palumbo put together, and I encourage you to read it, but I'll give you the two takeaways. Here's what the study really said. And by the way, the claim Gillum makes that this Medicare for all is going to uh, reduce the tax burden and somehow save American citizens money is not true. It is factually incorrect. Number one, folks, the Medicare for all price tag is going to be about $32 trillion. Now, just for a minute, accept that the number's wrong, but I'll get to that in a second. Accepting for a minute that it does cost $32 trillion. Americans' private expenditures on health care are $22 trillion. So saying that it's going to cost less money, 32 trillion, 22 trillion, than Americans' private expenditures on health care is a problem with basic math I can't reconcile. How you think 32 trillion or 33 trillion is less than the 22 trillion we spend on free market health care, which is already too expensive because of government involvement on the on the um, on, on Medicare and the Medicaid front. It's nonsense. You see what I'm saying, Joe? Sure. They're tr- he's trying to say that we would save money. That is not true. That is not true. Now, you may say, well, when you combine that, the, the free market capitalism healthcare spending, and you combine it with Medicare and Medicaid, then yes, it is more than $32 trillion, And if we were to offer just Medicaid for all, we would then save money. Okay, that would be correct, except for the fact that that's not what the study said. The study said in order for Bernie Sanders' program to cost that $32 trillion, they would have to implement his recommendations, Bernie Sanders, which are what? To cut expenses and, and payments to doctors and hospitals by 40%. Now, folks, do you understand right now? By the way, this study has been debunked. Uh, the, the fact that it's going to cost less than private health care by even left-leaning outlets. Joe, are you understanding the logic here, what he's saying? Uh, what, yeah. What Bernie's saying here is if we cut payments almost in half to doctors and hospitals, we can save money. That's like me saying, okay, I can save money on my own health care expenses if I walk into my doctor and tell him I'm going to pay you 50% less. Joe, what's the problem with that? What uh, is the doctor <laughs> going to tell you? Get out. He's, get out of my office <laughs> yeah. and go pound sand. We're not, the, the doctor is, is works in a free market like everyone else. Yeah. He's compensated for his level of education and skill. If the government comes in and takes over the health care system and says to all the doctors and hospitals that some of them, by the way, hospital networks that are struggling now, hey, by the way, we're going to pay you 50% less. You are not going to have a doctor and hospital to go to. That's why the study has been roundly, uh, not, I don't want us to study wasn't debunked, but Bernie Sanders healthcare program, the fact that it's going to save money, has been entirely debunked even by left-leaning outlets. Understand what Sanders is saying. He's saying, I can save you money. By taking over the healthcare system using the, the awesome power of government. And I don't mean awesome in a good way. But what he's telling you is he's going to save you money by telling your doctor he's going to give them 50% less and your hospital. And he's assuming your doctor and hospital are going to stay in business. The plan has been entirely debunked. 
Gillum's nonsense about how it's going to save money. Again, he either doesn't know the study, doesn't understand the study, or most likely number two, because he's not a dumb guy. He does understand the study and he's just lying to you. He knows very well that if you were to cut payments to doctors and hospitals by 50%, you'd have no doctors and hospitals. And he knows very well that the uh, public cost of this program is about $10 trillion more than Americans are paying now for free market health care. He's just lying and making that up. But the interview continued. The economic illiteracy continued too. play part two of this interview. How do you find that kind of money for the government without raising taxes? So first, I'd say, one, Florida could not do it by itself. But secondly, we have the opportunity to expand uh, Medicaid for over 700,000 of the most medically needy people here in the state of Florida. My governor and legislature refused to do that. Do you know it costs us about $6 billion in money that should have come from the federal government to the state of Florida that we never received? I remember growing up as a kid having to wait for the mobile uh, dental clinic to come through the neighborhood in order to have my teeth cleaned. Yeah, I know, uh, the I biggest know you concern have experiences. For as a government official, you have to make it work and you have to make the Absolutely. numbers work. So I, I still don't understand how you would do it without raising taxes. So the first step we would take is expand Medicaid and pull down about $6 billion a year from the federal government. Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump have worked uh, so overtime to uh, make access to health care less affordable. Will you, yeah. will you say that you will not support raising taxes to make your health care plan work? I will absolutely not raise taxes on everyday working Floridians to uh, uh, give access to What about people. wealthier people? So what I said, uh, and I ran on this, by the way, is that we will increase taxes for, for corporations in our state who right now, uh, just so you're aware, only 3% of companies in the state of Florida pay the corporate tax rate, 3%. And that 3% under the Donald Trump tax scam uh, got a windfall of $6.3 billion overnight. Oh, my gosh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to smash my head off a desk when I hear these guys talk. And these ladies are just subscribed to this socialist nonsense. Do you understand the absolute economic ignorance here? One, it's it's not. It, here's the problem. It's not ignorant. He knows what he's saying is wrong. He's just lying. The guy is just lying. Just like Ocasio-Cortez is lying. Elizabeth Warren is lying. Bernie Sanders is lying. They are just making this up. Ping, pow, <laughs> ping, pow, ping, boom, pow, ping. They're just making it up. That's it. Let's go over, because we do facts here. I know the left has a problem with this, but we do facts. Let's go over what Gillum's proposing for the state of Florida. All right. He's proposing a corporate tax hike from 5.5% to 7.75%. That's a 40% hike in the business tax in the state of Florida. You would absolutely decimate the Florida economy we do that. But notice in the clip, you guys have the rewind button on your podcast. Hit the 15-second back button and listen again if you doubt this. Notice how the guy is, this goes to show you the complete, utter intellectual vacuum the left lives on. Or the fraudulent one. There's no option C, okay? This is a socialist who's running on big government, government takeovers of the healthcare system, of the business environment, and asked a simple question about taxes. He absolutely refuses to admit if he will raise taxes. Why? Folks, why? Joe, if your socialist agenda is right, and you feel that taxes are a public good, Yes. Then why not just come out and say it? This is what is so infuriating about the far left. It's that they are such liars and frauds. When given an opportunity, you give any conservative, Joe, any conservative, 
the opportunity to say, how do you feel about taxes? You will get a clear and unequivocal answer. Mm. We hate them. Here's why. The government cannot spend money as efficiently as people can. The government cannot invest in business like actual businesses can. The government simply doesn't have, there's a knowledge problem in government. They don't have the knowledge to run a business because the government is not in business. They are in government. They are not the same thing. These are clear, unequivocal answers. Yet every time you ask a leftist and a far leftist in a swing state not dominated by far left liberal Democrats, you ask him a simple question about taxes, the dance happens. Well, I don't know, taxes, I'm not sure. This, he can't answer a simple question, just answer the question. Now what he says is absolutely absurd. He's already proposed a 40% hike in the business tax in Florida. It's already on the record. Then he says, he goes, well, we wouldn't be hiking taxes on people, working people. We'd be hiking taxes on corporations. Oh, my God. I ha- you know, I wake up at 630 in the morning on Mondays, even on Labor Day, to do Fox and Friends, which I enjoy a lot. And I appeared on Fox and Friends this morning and thoroughly and completely dismantled this absolutely idiotic idea. Joe, can I ask you a simple question? Sure, Daddy-o. Now, you, I am a Bongino. I am incorporated, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a business in Florida. That's right. Now, Joe, you know me. You work with me. Mm-hmm. Who do you think pays my taxes? Let me give you, Joe, let me make this, i tell you what, I'm going to make this a multiple choice. Now, oh, put your thinking man. caps on as Miss Gilfeather, my fifth grade teacher, God rest her soul, yeah. she just, oh, she'll just pass away. I got put the, the thinking cap on now. Okay. Multiple choice question here. Mm-hmm. I am Bongino Incorporated. Who yeah. do you think pays Dan Bongino's taxes? A, space aliens. B, the money fairy. Oh, man. Or C, Dan Bongino. Hold on. I know you need a minute. Think this through, Joe. This is Who pays those taxes here in the state of Florida? Dan, I'm... I'm you yep, know, I'm not I sure, know. but I'm it's going to have to bro. say you, Dan. I'm going you to have would to have to say, say Dan you, and you would be right, oh, Joe, yeah! as always. The guy never gets one wrong. Joe's on fire even on a Monday morning on Labor Day. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm incorporated in Florida. I pay the taxes. My friends who own businesses in Florida, corporations, S-Corps, LLCs, you know who pays the taxes? Them. They pay the taxes. Corporations are people. I don't care what the leftists kooks who have no idea economically what they're talking about these leftist nut jobs who have no idea what they're talking about i don't care what they tell you about corporations corporations are made of people they're not space aliens they're not martians there's no money fairy they're it's not made of uh of of cougars and uh and lizards and animals and reptiles it is people People incorporate. They incorporate for legal protections. They do not become non-people when they incorporate. A corporation is a legal entity for business purposes that gives people certain protections. It does not make people non-people. The left loves to make, to, to, they love to pretend and play stupid here. Kill them. Unreal. Kill them. We're not going to tax corporations. We're just going to tax. I mean, we're not going to tax people. We're going to tax corporations. Corporations are people in Florida. One more thing on this, and I'm going to move on because I just is this. I I was, and folks, believe me, I'm not just saying this because I'm upset because I live down here in Florida. 
I am bringing this because this is turning into a national issue with this growing crop of socialist candidates, Sanders, Warren, Cortez, now Gillum down here in Florida, that just say things that are so dumb that I'm telling you they're not, these are not stupid people. These are very smart people. They say things, they, they know they're lying to you. They absolutely understand it. He says one more thing. He says, well, only 3% of corporations uh, pay, the, pay the top business tax rate in Florida. Oh, my gosh. Here we go again. Gillum, Andrew, Mr. Andrew, Mayor Gill. He was a mayor of Tallahassee. I give him his due respect, Mayor, Ta- mayor Gill. Do you, seriously, do you understand how the corporate tax works? Joe, simple question for you, and I'm not setting you up here. And if you get it wrong, don't worry. Yeah. Do you think corporations pay taxes if they lose money? Everybody knows they don't. Of course they don't. Yes, of course. They don't pay taxes on. So number one, a a large swath of corporations that are in their first or second year. Joe, do you think in the first or second year of a business, you may eat a few losses in in an effort to develop a long term business? Let's say you're in a restaurant. It happens all the time. right? Joe, you and I have been in business together with this podcast, with third parties and others for a very long time. How we spent, what, two years doing this? Joe, how long did... No, good question. How long did you work with me for free for this podcast before you earned the dime off it? Probably eight months to a year. year, Yes, a year. And even then, I was writing Joe checks that were peanuts because I, I felt bad. He was putting in this effort. We were doing a weekly show. And folks, I didn't have a lot of money. We ate so much money in equipment. Our server fees. Joe and I both. Joe was donating his time. I mean, this was a good four or five hour operation yeah. on the weekends getting it together. Remember us trying to get the YouTube up and everything else? Oh, it yeah. was hard. We had to learn from scratch. It's not a sob story. I'm not a snowflake, unlike the left. This is what it takes to get a business now up and running. Now we're what? The second or third biggest conservative podcast in the world. Yeah. We took a lot of lumps. Joe lost a lot of money. So did I in the beginning. It cost me like $20,000 in equipment. It took me almost two years even to get that money back yeah now that the show has hundreds of thousands of listeners and we have sponsors that are um, i'm grateful they're here and keep the show free now it's making money my point is this ladies and gentlemen this is basic economic ignorance or manipulation not every corporation in florida is going to pay notice how he phrases it the maximum income tax rate he says three percent three percent of corporations pay it A lot of corporations lose money. They're not paying taxes on losses. Therefore, Joe, not only are they not paying the top corporate tax rate, they're not paying any corporate tax Mm. rate. If anything, they're taking write-offs, which is where we were going before with that thing we had. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what I got a little. That's that's what you were thinking. I I I threw Joe off before. Sometimes (laughs) I ask questions, I mess with them. Now, even worse, he phrases it in a very specific way. Only 3% are paying the top rate. Yes, that's because most businesses in Florida are paying the corporate tax. They're just not paying the top right rate because they get deductions for crazy things, Joe. Air quotes, crazy. Crazy things like investment and investing in your workforce. Oh, we don't want that. That's why they get deductions. This is so disingenuous. Gillum knows better. This, I mean, it's just so incredibly frustrating listening to these socialist candidates who, I'm telling you, this is not a dumb guy. He knows what he's doing is a lie, and he's saying it anyway. 
and you're seeing this take over nationally. So when you hear these citations, folks, from socialists, always think, how is he lying to me? Because they are, or she. Liz Warren, Bernie Sanders, Ocasio-Cortez, ask, how are they lying? And when you dig deep into the numbers, you'll figure it out. Oh, Bernie Sanders' plan is going to save us money. How's it going to do that? Oh, well, Bernie Sanders is calling for a 40% reduction in payments to doctors and hospitals. Oh, well, what's going to happen to the doctors and hospitals? Oh, they're going to go out of business. Oh, so we'll save money by not giving me health care because I have no hospital. Go to. Yeah, yeah, great job. Nice job, Bernie. That's a solid plan there. Brilliant. Then, then another one. We're not going to tax people. We're going to tax corporations. Uh, Mayor Gillum, who are corporate? Corporations are composed of what exactly? People. So who's going to pay the taxes? The people in the corporation? Yes. Okay, thank you. Moving on. Next question. Well, only 3% of corporations in Florida uh, pay the maximum tax rate. Uh, Gillum, have you ever heard of a thing like corporate deductions? Yes. Do you think people take those? Uh, yes. Why do they take those? Well, because they invest in their company and they get a tax break for doing that, which benefits the Florida economy in the long run. You, didn't, you, not, you haven't heard that? By the way, Mayor Gillum, do corporations pay taxes when they lose money? No, they don't. So that might lop off a significant number of corporations that pay the, quote, maximum corporate tax rate. You didn't know that either, but you're running for governor of Florida. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, my gosh. These, it's unreal. It is unreal. The, the silliness. We got to come on the air and debunk every day. Ah, frustrating. All right. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at iTarget. The iTarget system is the single best way to improve your marksmanship. Folks, safety, uh, reliability of your firearm, or proficiency with your firearm are the three most important things. I know during my time in law enforcement, uh, your proficiency with a firearm was paramount. We had a line in the Secret Service and training. We were doing firearms training and one like this. You're responsible for every single round. You have no, when you're, God forbid, you're firing a weapon next to the President of the United States in a protection operation, you damn well better better be accurate. So we used to do this thing called dry firing. You go on the range, you ensure your firearm is safely unloaded. You check it, you check it twice, you check it three times. You then depress the trigger on a safely unloaded weapon. Why would you want to do that? Because you get to practice your trigger pull, your grip, your sight picture, and your sight alignment with that safely unloaded weapon without worrying about a round going off and without worrying about, well, obviously, the ramifications of the round going off or a little bit of backfire on the weapon. And you dry fire. Get You learn to practice a smooth, deliberate trigger pull to the back. Now, the problem with dry firing is it's dry. There's no rounds. You have absolutely no idea at the range where the round would have gone. The iTarget Pro system has solved that problem. You will be shooting the wings off a firefly with this thing. How does it work? Well, first you go to itargetpro.com and check it out. That's the letter itargetpro.com. They will send you a laser round and a target that works in conjunction with a phone app. It is super easy to use. And you will put that laser round in the firearm you have now. No manipulations necessary. You don't have to make any modifications to the weapon you have now. You have a 9mm, 38 special, whatever it may be. They will send you a laser round. When you depress the trigger on that safely unloaded weapon, it'll emit a laser, that laser round, obviously, and you will see then on the target they send you where that round would have gone. You will see your groups in just days tighten up. I have friends of mine that cannot put this thing down. They love it. Great for law enforcement, military, self-defense advocates. Also great for first-time gun owners, long-time gun owners. You want to increase your proficiency with a firearm? This is the system. Special offer for you. Go to itargetpro.com. That's the letter I, 
targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Put in promo code Dan and you'll get 10% off. Don't miss this opportunity. It's a really terrific uh, system. I love it. It's one of the best training systems out there. Um, Okay, moving on, itargetpro.com. Check them out. The New York Times, man, did they blow it this weekend. Oh my gosh. So I was at, like I told you, I was at the, the Breakers with my wife, 15 years of marriage with my fantastic bride. So great. And uh, big shout out to all the people who said hello in the breakers. I don't get out of the house much, by the way. So when I see people in public and they come up and tell me how much they love the show, I am sincerely and honestly flattered. I get a lot of questions about producer Joe, too. Does he really look like Elvis? I'm like, absolutely. You'll see him at CPAC. He looks exactly <laughs> like Elvis. But I'm I'm sitting down and it's, it's the end of the night. We just gone to the steakhouse. We were both tired. So I pick up my phone, of course, and I'm reading and I see this New York Times story about Oleg Deripaska, the Russian oligarch that if you're a regular listener to the show, the names come up over and over. Oleg Deripaska is a very wealthy Russian billionaire. He owns one of the largest metals companies in Russia. Uh, his friendship and his uh, alliance with Putin, although it's had its ups and downs, goes back a long way. No one seriously questions that Deripaska, um, Deripaska's connections to the Kremlin. No. I mean, not if you're a serious person, which eliminates most of the left. So I see this piece. I had a, a, a you know, because I always, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by this story. And it's a New York Times piece about Deripaska, his connections to Bruce Orr and the DOJ. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, um, what's the golden rule, Joe, of the New York Times? The golden rule of the New York Times is when you see a piece in the New York Times about the Spygate operation, mm-hmm. something's about to break, and the New York Times is doing what? They're running cover for the Democrats <laughs> in an effort to make this whole thing go away. Yeah. Because the New York Times isn't a serious journalism outlet. It, it never was. Um, it's a propaganda outfit for the Democrat Party. So I'm saying to myself, what is going on here? Why is the New York Times writing this piece? Let me give you what the essence of the piece is first. And I, I, I'm not I'm sorry, but I'm not going to put the piece in. The show notes has some terrific pieces about a summary of this, but I'm not going to put the Times piece in there because it's. I'll just explain to you what it says because I'm not giving them any clicks. These people are the worst. And it's again, it's not a serious journalism outlet. The essence of the piece is this, Joe. That Bruce Orr at the DOJ, the number four guy at the DOJ, who we know now was passing information from Christopher Steele to the FBI, despite the fact that Christopher Steele the source for the Hillary Clinton Fusion GPS dossier. Christopher Steele had already been fired by the FBI. So just to be clear, FBI fires this guy. He then comes back in and starts passing information to the Department of Justice back to the FBI after they fired him. The New York Times, I mean, Ken Vogel and them, they write this like 1,500 word piece. And it's this big, long-winded defense of Bruce Orr. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, something suspicious here. I'm going to give you what they're covering in a minute. And their defense is this, Joe. Well, Bruce Orr, you know, number one, this guy is a career professional in the DOJ, as if one that matters. Great. Thanks for your service. You also screwed up and you're going to have to pay a price for it. Sorry. That's the way it works, right? But the Bruce Orr is a career professional, Joe. And the reason the DOJ doesn't want to release a lot of the information about Bruce Orr's dealings with people, this Department of Justice official who was running this information laundering scheme uh, of, on Christopher Steele's info, is because he was dealing with sensitive information from these Russian oligarchs like Deripaska. And he was doing it for the benefit of the United States and their spying operation. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. Oh my gosh, I I almost lost it. I almost lost it. I'm like to my wife, I just ate steak, I'm gonna vomit. I'm like, this is this is hysterical. 
The New York Times, Joe. The slimes. I had the tomahawk ribeye. Ate all 24 ounces of that sucker. I almost had an upchuck. I'm like, the New York Times now in their efforts to cover for Bruce Orr. Don't listen to me. You cannot miss this segment. This is critical because it goes to show you the conundrum the left in the media although they're the same thing is in right now they can't defend one thing without exposing something else listen i I, i'm super excited about this and i'm sorry if i'm i'm I'm, i but i want you to pay attention to what's going on this has happened before remember in the when the spy scandal was exposed about halper that the government and the obama administration ran a spy against the trump team stefan halper who was at the front of that the New York Times. And the gist of the New York Times story was what, Joe? Oh, it wasn't really a spying operation against Trump. It was about the Russians. So let, let, let's be clear. So for a year and a half, you told us that the Trump administration and Trump himself colluded with the Russians. Then they acknowledge in their piece, no, no, it wasn't about Trump. It was Halper just targeting the Russians. It wasn't specifically a Trump. Do you understand the problem they found themselves in? Mm. Because now you're saying what? That Trump wasn't under investigation? But they had to. Why, Joe? Because the New York Times, in conjunction with the Democrats, here's what they do. They triage their needs at any given point. And at any given point, they figure out, okay, we are up mm, creek without a paddle, right? What's the worst scandal right now? Is the scandal now that the Obama administration actually employed a human spy to target the Trump team? Or is it that Trump was colluding with the Russians? Clearly, the Times, the Democrats and all the bootlickers got together and said, listen, fellas, right now we've got to dump this Trump colluded with the Russians narrative because we have a more serious problem. And our more serious problem now, Joe, is what? The Obama administration employed a human spy. Yep. Now, why do they do that? Why do they triage their needs? Don't you, you might say to yourself, well, now they're acknowledging that there was no uh, Trump investigate. Trump wasn't under investigation. No, no. They know you'll forget about that. You doubt me? Go to my Twitter feed. What did Kamala Harris, Democrat senator, who again, no different than the media and everyone else. They're all the same. What did she tweet out this weekend? We can't confirm Brett Kavanaugh. Donald Trump is an unindicted co-conspirator under investigation. Wait, 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 wait. Just a few months ago, when the New York Times broke the Stefan Halper story about spying, you said, no, no, they weren't spying on the Trump team. They're not under investigation. You waited for the fury to die down, which is what you always do. And then you changed your story again. Lickety split. Because you're liars, you're fakes, you're phonies, you're frauds, you're not real journalists, you're not, you're not authentic politicians, you're not leaders, you're liars, you're manipulators. Joe, is this making sense? Because if I, this, oh, yeah. I haven't even gotten to your thing, but I want to set you up to understand the, how to just completely discredit these people using their own words. Mm-hmm. This is a constant issue with the left. This spy gay thing is a total, complete disaster for them. They are right now not in the let's make it go away stage because they know they can't because they can't control the narrative because what? Barack Obama's not in office anymore. Trump is. And Trump will just tweet and start the whole thing all over again the minute they make it go away. Their goal now, Joe, is to trade one scandal for the next and triage what's worse. We have seen this before. Remember in the beginning stages of the investigation, I used to tweet out the article all the time where CNN reported as far back as April, 
where they said foreign intelligence was spying on the Trump team and passing the information to the Obama administration. Why? Because back then, the goal of CNN and others was to prove that Trump's collusion with the Russians was so bad that even foreign governments were spying on Trump to help. And then what happened? So that was their priority. Then, Joe, when the story became, uh uh-oh, there's no evidence that Trump colluded with the Russians. CNN was like, holy crap. Did we report that they were spying on Trump even though he wasn't colluding with the Russians? Then all of a sudden they started to backtrack. No, no, Trump wasn't under investigation, but you guys wrote about it. Yeah, forget about that. Shh, shh, quiet. They're doing it again now. Or and the Justice Department are in deep, deep trouble. So hysterically, the New York Times, in an effort to distract you from what, puts out a piece acknowledging that the DOJ was colluding with Russians to get information. What are they hiding? Let me read to you a quote. This is important. This is from Bruce Orr's notes when he was talking to uh, Christopher Steele. This is a very important quote. The Justice Department and others uh, and the press has a hold of these notes now. Much of the collection about the Trump campaign's ties to Russia comes from a former Russian intelligence officer. He writes in parentheses, not entirely clear. In other words, he doesn't know who it is. Who lives in the U.S. or put in his notes. What am I getting at? The New York Times, their liberal allies, and the Swamp Rat Republicans know they're in a world of trouble right now at Bruce Orr. Why? What did I just say? Joe, I know you're confused. I know others are confused. I'm oh, confused. don't worry. I'm, I'm going to unconfuse you right now. All right. The FBI brought the information from Steele into a FISA court to spy on Trump. There were no hearings. And yeah, you know what? It doesn't know how yeah, hearings are rare, but they do happen in contrast to what dopey liberals tell you. But the information was supposed to go through a very formal procedure to be verified. The process is called the Woods Procedure. I've only been talking about it for a year. If Bruce Orr knew that Christopher Steele's, quote, Russian intelligence sources for the dossier, Joe, were located inside the United States, then why exactly, Joe, did they not interview that source and verify the information themselves? You mean FISA? Yeah, there's a big-ass rubber stamp, dude. (laughs) Who the heck is that? That's awesome. Who is that? One of our listeners sent that to us. No, yeah. whoever you are, listen, that is awesome. <laughs> big rubber, big rubber stick. You're darn yeah. right it is. You're darn right it is, Jack Nicholson from A Few Good Men. Listen to me. I'm going to make this all make sense to you right now. I've been walking through examples of how liberals will change the narrative on the spot when they realize they're in grave danger that a worse narrative is going to take over, right? They will lie to you immediately. The narrative now The real narrative is, oh my gosh, we had the number four official in the DOJ taking information from a source that was fired by the FBI. The source used to claim, or we had thought, that his sources were in Russia and therefore would have been tough to verify. There is an actual procedure to verify the information. Now we find out from Orr's notes himself, Joe, that the source for the dossier was a Russian intelligence officer inside of the united states and yet nobody bothered to verify it 
In other words, they spied on an American citizen, Carter Page, and through the two-hop rule, the Trump team themselves, on information they could have easily followed up on, and as of today, there is no evidence they even bothered to verify the information? Do you understand the monster scandal this is? Nobody has even mentioned, and by the way, that former Russian military intelligence officer, God forbid that's Renat Akhmetshin, the guy who showed up at the Trump Tower meeting. God forbid. Because now we'll know that a guy working with the Clinton team was the one who showed up at the Trump Tower meeting trying to set up Don Jr. God forbid that happened. And then they didn't interview him to try to get the information, to verify the information. Do you understand what I'm saying, Joe? They spied sure. on an innocent American citizen, Carter Page, He's not under arrest. He's not been charged with any crime at all. Right. They spied on him based on information from a source who said his source was in the United States and nobody even bothered to verify it. Up until today, we have zero information that happened. This is a stinking hot pile of horse manure. The Times knows that that story is ugly really ugly and that people could be in almost criminal they could they could be criminal criminally liable not only for leaks but for going into a court and swearing out information that they knew in fact was false so they had not verified the new york times senses a scandal so what do they do they run this 1500 plus word piece on bruce Orr, trying desperately to save Orr's reputation and to say oh look Bruce Orr was really a career criminal uh, uh, criminal uh, prosecutor. This guy was such a nice guy. Remember, he had nothing to do with Crossfire Hurricane. He was like he was outsourcing his own work to attack Trump while his wife is working for Fusion GPS. Right. They have to save Bruce Orr to do what, Joe, to make sure if the Republicans proceed down this road and start asking Orr, wait, the source was in the United States. Bruce, did you or the FBI make any effort to verify that source? No. So you spied on an American citizen without doing making any attempt whatsoever to verify the actual information. Are we correct on that? They uh, the Times understands this. So what it's doing is it's running preemptive cover for or so that they can attack the Republicans using their newspaper and the liberals for saying, look, Joe, Orr's a career public servant. This guy's not a bad guy. Look at these awful Republicans. Make no mistake. That is exactly what they are doing now. In order to do that, though, they had to remember, this is not about the New York Times making the Democrats look good because they can't. It's about making them look less bad. Don't don't confuse the two. The New York Times knows it's in trouble. It knows it was part of this. It knows it's been hyping the propaganda, the collusion propaganda, despite no evidence. The Times knows it. So right now they are strictly in triage mode. There's like the guy's been stabbed in the femoral artery and he's got a cut on his hand. Both are bad, but we better take care of that femoral artery first and let the hand bleed a little bit or that patient's going to pass away. They are strictly in triage mode right now. So in order to establish the fact that the Republicans should leave Bruce or alone and that there are classified programs going on here, what did they have to do? Astonishingly, they had to acknowledge that Bruce or the entire time was dealing with a Russian himself and Christopher Steele. The DOJ and the FBI, remarkably, what have I been telling you the whole time? 
that the Democrats are covering up the real Russian collusion scandal, which is them colluding with the Russians. I have been telling you this from day one. Now we know, according to the New York Times themselves, Joe, that the Department of Justice, Bruce Orr, Mm -hmm. and the FBI were colluding with Oleg Deripaska, a Kremlin-connected Russian billionaire, to gather information the entire time this scandal was going on. Deripaska, whose lawyer, by the way, and lobbyists were also working with Christopher Steele, who was being paid by the Clintons to gin up information on Trump. Do you believe this? A, A foreign spy, a foreign spy, Christopher Steele, he is not a U.S. citizen. A foreign spy is being paid by the Clintons. He makes up fake information on Trump. They never verify the information. Christopher Steele, at the same time, is working with Oleg Deripaska to lobby for his interests to the Department of Justice, a Kremlin-connected Russian oligarch. Do you believe this crap? Do you believe Ooh. this? Mm. The DOJ was colluding with a Russian-connected oligarch to gather information the entire time this scandal was going on. Now you understand why Bob Mueller's in here to clean up the mess? So understand what they did. Now, because I got a couple other things I want to get to here. Understand what they did here. The New York Times is in deep, deep trouble. They have been part of this. They know the liberals are finished. The swamp is finished. They are now swapping scandals, hoping you forget. They are now openly acknowledging Russian collusion between Russians connected to the Kremlin and the Department of Justice under Obama through Bruce Orr and Fusion GPS and Christopher Steele, who are working with Deripaska and his lawyer to lobby for Deripaska while they're exchanging information with the Justice Department about Trump. The collusion's real. Now, you may say, I, don't, I still don't get it. They had to do that because what they're saying now, the Times, is, well, Joe, it's that operation with Deripaska that was very sophisticated. Therefore, we can't expose the other information about what Orr was doing because, look, if we do that, we may give up sources and methods. Right. You get it? Yeah. And that will prevent, they think, the New York Times, that is, the Republicans... Devin Nunes and others from looking into or and the DOJ's absence of almost any effort whatsoever to verify the information they used to spy on Trump. Basically, they're trying to shut down this investigation into the Justice Department. But to do it, they're saying, oh, sources and methods, sources and methods. Look, all right, we were dealing with a Russian. It's not so bad. But here's why. These people are unbelievable. And you watch, they will change the narrative again in a few weeks when they think you forgot about this. So a couple things to never forget. The Democrats have said in the past Trump wasn't under investigation when the spy thing happened. Oh, no, you weren't spying on. She's on. Now they're saying he is. They changed their story. CNN was saying a long time ago, this is so serious, this collusion. Foreign intelligence was spying on Trump for us. Then when it turned out that the Trump team was spied on, they said, no, no, no. Uh, foreign intelligence wasn't spying on the Trump team. This was, this was a, a Russian thing, not a Trump thing. That's funny. That's not what you said in your own reporting. Now, the Department of Justice angle. Okay, there was collusion with the Russians, but it's a sources and methods thing. This was an ongoing operation. And don't you dare look into Bruce Orr. Because we don't want you to see that or made no effort whatsoever to verify the information from a Russian intelligence officer who gave this information to Trump, who's in the United States and may 
may be the guy who showed up at Trump Tower. Wow. What an epic scandal. Man. Oh, dude, it only gets better with this case. All right. Uh, today's show also finally brought to you by our buddies at Blinkist. We love Blinkist here. If you like me, the list of books you want to read or that people suggest is long and never ending and expanding happens to me all the time. You simply don't have the time to read all the books. Our sponsor, Blinkist, to solve your long list of must reads once and for all. They'll give you blinks of the book. You like it? Go buy it. You don't like it? There you go. You got it. You know what? The, you got the key insights from the book and you can walk away. Blinkist is the only app that takes thousands of best selling nonfiction books and distills them down to their most impactful elements so you can read or listen to them in under 15 minutes all on your phone plug it into your car you can listen in your car too with Blinkist you'll expand your knowledge and learn more in just 15 minutes than you can in almost any other way plus you can listen anywhere I like to listen in my car. They have The Wealth of Nations by Adam Smith. They have Nassim Taleb books. Those are my favorites. But it's really, really good. And, and like I said, if you like the books, you can go and buy them. If you don't, you got the key insights. It's great. Blinkist is constantly curating and adding new titles from best of lists, so you're always getting the most powerful ideas in a made-for-mobile format. Five million people are using Blinkist to expand their minds 15 minutes at a time. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for our, just for our audience. Go to Blinkist. That's B L. I-N-K, like blink, like blink in your eyes, Blinkist, I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Dan to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist.com slash Dan to start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash Dan. Okay. Okie dokie, doggy daddy. All righty. Those true romance fans. Here is my, another story I found. Uh, this is in the show notes today, so please, please check it out. Um, I try to go out there and find the best articles of the day. And this one, this is kind of a contrast story. Hmm. Joe, one of my favorite topics to discuss is the epic, hilarious failure of just about every liberal boycott uh, in America. There's there's a story up uh, in the show notes. There's a couple of them, actually, mm-hmm. about how you know this group Sleeping Giants went after Breitbart, how Breitbart's traffic has been up uh, pretty dramatically since their boycotts. You know, this <laughs> stuff never works. Um, that's in the show notes today. But there's another two stories that I think are great that contrast how... Liberal boycotts always fail, but conservative boycotts are extremely destructive in the short and long term for businesses. Now, last week I explained why that is. I won't go through the whole thing again, but just a quick synopsis. Conservatives are true believers. When we say we believe in big R rights, the right to self-defense, rights granted to us by God, the rights to economic freedom, the right to religious liberty, worship uh, worship in our own faith, free of uh, interference by government. It's not a talking point, Joe. Uh, it's not a chatty Kathy episode. Um, it's something we really believe in. It's what we live our lives in. You know, we're all sinners. We're all flawed. But it's something, it's a goal we always strive for is to maintain and fight for those big R God-given rights at any point. We don't believe they're granted by the state because they're not. They're granted by God. They may be protected by the state, but these are not state-given rights. Right. These are core tenets of who we are. Not the, I'm not talking about all Democrats here, but the radical left does not believe in that. The radical left believes in a subjective society where government can change the rules as it sees fit to plan and perfect society. By the way, a society that is not perfectible. If you ever read the book by Thomas Sowell, Conflict of Visions, it's a great book, but it's a slow read. It's a good read, but you can read it fast, but I suggest you read it slow. Because if you get through a couple pages and digest it, you'll be a better person for it. In Thomas Sowell's book, Conflict of Visions, he talks about this. How the left believes in this perfectible society. That man somehow, Joe, can reach some perfect goal, which as you and I both know is not attainable. Nope. 
The only thing we can do is protect others against the flaws of man using uh, the use rules of the Constitutional Republic and the respect of big R rights. Mm-hmm. The left doesn't believe that. They believe in stomping on you, your rights, or at any opportunity in an effort to endlessly perfect what cannot be perfected. I know it's a bit of a complicated idea, but when you think it through, it makes a world of sense. You know, with economic planning, oh, if we could just get really smart people to plan the economy, we'd be better off. You know, we'd get rid of greed. You'd get rid of greed. So what you're saying is human beings are greedy when they're in the free market, but when they go in government and they have power plus greed, they're not equally, if not more dangerous. That doesn't make any sense. Human beings are greedy, except when they're in government. It's one of the most idiotic, stupid things you can possibly tell someone. But some liberals actually believe this nonsense, right? Yeah. And it's the idea that if smart people get uh, or to be in charge, they can plan and perfect society. They can't. Now, I say that because when it comes to these boycotts, we are believers that we should not trample on other people's rights. And we get very upset when people do it. When people come after us and they discriminate based on political beliefs, when they discriminate based on race or anything like that, we get upset. So what happened? Well, a while ago, you're probably familiar with the story, Press Secretary Sarah Sanders, who I really like, wanted to eat in a restaurant um, in Lexington, Virginia, called the Red Hen. You remember this, Joe? Oh, yeah. There been a little update on the Red Hen. Great story uh, I have in the uh, from a local news station in the show notes. I read it. It's only about 200 words. So that the, the owner of the Red Hen apparently races in to kick Sarah Sanders out of the restaurant because he doesn't like her political beliefs. Let me tell you right now. Uh, you're a liberal. You are welcome to listen to this show anytime. I mean it. I If I owned a restaurant, you'd be welcome in my restaurant. I don't care at all what your political beliefs and I believe in a free market economy as long as you don't harass the other customers in my outlet. And as long as you don't try to deface our website, you're always welcome here. Liberals don't believe that because they're police state tyrants and they believe in the flexible power of the state to harass and haunt other people because that's what they do. The Red Hen restaurant owner actually drives into the restaurant to throw Sarah Sanders out. The incident becomes public. A lot of you have heard about it. What happened to the Red Hen? Well, as I told you, folks, conservatives never, ever forget. Conservatives said, bye-bye, see ya. No conservative, respectable conservative will walk through the door of that establishment again. So what happened to the Red Hen? Not only did the Red Hen suffer in its business. Read the piece. It's a local news piece. It's not from a partisan outlet. The town, and I'm not recommending you, but we boycott the town too. A lot of the, you know, there's good conservatives in the town with nothing to do with this, but... <laughs> Listen, it happens, folks. People are not, the town is having a real problem now. They had to allocate, Joe, $15,000 in emergency tourism money to start advertising the town again to clean up its reputation after this silly owner of the Red Hen engaged in this juvenile stunt to kick Sarah Sanders out because people are avoiding the town altogether. Conservatives never, ever forget. Now, having said that, liberals don't really have any principles, folks. The radical far left believes in the flexible power of the state. And the ironic thing is they're hypocrites. They don't even believe in it themselves in their own lives. They will claim they want higher taxes to plan the economy, but they don't pay them themselves. They will claim they want state control of the education system, even though they pull their kids out of state schools and send them to private schools because they suck. They'll say, oh, we want government health care because we can plan it better, but not me. I'm going to go to private doctors. That's the way liberals are. Frauds, fakes, phonies. They don't stand for everything. They don't stand for anything. They're spineless jellyfish. 
given that they have no guiding principles other than flexible state power for others, but not for them, it doesn't, nothing really drives them and motivates them other than the oppression of others. So when there's a boycott show, being that they have no lodestar, no North Star to guide them, mm-hmm. like big R rights, that's what we'll defend and we matter and we'll live by that credo no matter what. Liberals don't have that. So when liberals announce boycotts of places, liberals who are all about me first, right? Hey, Joe, I, you know, they're, again, they're hypocrites at heart. I'm not talking about Democrats. I'm talking about liberals. Mm-hmm. They're total hypocrites. I want, to pay, I want to pay higher taxes. You mean you yourself? No, not me. I mean you. But you said you like higher taxes. Yeah, but not for me. This, liberals are all about me. So hysterically, we have on one hand, the red hand of tax, uh, tax conservatives, the red hand and the whole town are struggling. But in and out Burger, which is a burger chain, a national burger chain, in an outburg, which made a donation to the Republican Party in California, some silly dope from the Democrat Party now says, we're going to boycott in an outburg. Oh, that worked out real well. That just worked out swimmingly. I want to uh, defer you to my show notes today on my website again. And an, an, an uh, independent journal review, IJR article, showing pictures of In-N-Out Burger. Now, some of the stuff is stock photo from older In-N-Out openings, but I want you to look at some of the text and some of the photos of In-N-Out Burger, which was absolutely packed for the last three, four days. Why? Because liberals are frauds. They're complete phonies and hypocrites, and liberals think with their stomachs, and liberals don't think with their heads because they don't have them, and they certainly don't think with their hearts because they're not passionate about anything other than controlling others. A liberal's hungry. He's going to walk his butt to In-N-Out and buy a hamburger. Not only that is the liberal going to go in there, but the conservatives are going to flock there in mass to give the double-barreled middle finger to the liberals who are protesting an honest business establishment that's just trying to make a living and hire people. In-N-Out Burger was packed in another spectacular explosion of a liberal boycott. Now... Here is my new golden rule. In and out is not publicly traded, either is Chick-fil-A. These are privately owned companies. But if you catch wind that liberals out there from some liberal group are looking to boycott a company, go out there and buy stock if it's publicly traded immediately because that business is about to go through the roof. Matter of fact, from what I heard, and it's actually in the IJPs too, calls to franchise for In-N-Out Burger have gone through the roof (laughs) since the liberal boycott. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, smile a little bit today. It's Labor Day, especially if you're a conservative, a moderate Democrat, or a good Republican listening to my show. Liberals, again, you're welcome too, but you're frauds. Smile a little bit. They can't win because they don't believe. I know I can be sarcastic and silly sometimes. I try to give the show a little lighter edge of giving all the seriousness of the topics of the time. But be proud of yourself. You believe in something. I used to love Target. I've never walked back in a Target store since they took their stance on, on, on bathrooms. The NFL. I was a avid Ravens and Raiders fan. I used to like to watch the Jets too. I have not watched an NFL game in three years, and I never will. You not only lost me, you lost my kids, you lost my wife, and you lost the next generation of Bongino NFL watchers. I will never watch it again. And I know you won't either. Until they come around and completely change their policy and do an about face. And know this, you believe in something. You have a lodestar. You have a guiding star in your life. You, will, you can go to the grave and say, you know what? I was a sinner. I screwed some things up. I didn't do everything perfectly every time I could. But when it came to a bedrock series of values, I had a path. Sometimes I fell off it, but I got back on that path. 
And I walked that path and I stayed on that path and I knew I was on a journey to the right place. Whether we got there or not, some did, some didn't. But I had a path. Know this, that your liberal friends have nothing. They walk around aimlessly, chaotically in the woods with no guiding light, no North Star, no nothing. They bang into trees, they trip and fall over, they have nothing. Their lives are utterly devoid of meaning outside of big S police state power. And when they lose it, they freak out, they melt down, and they have absolutely nothing. You can go to the grave knowing your life meant something. They will go to the grave knowing their lives were absolutely meaningless. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. Happy Labor Day. I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.